having walked from being a full-fledged gang member to radical Christian pastor, having walked through the muck and mire of death and despair that characterizes the world around us, myself, I, Pastor Michael Miano, commit myself to the task and see this as being called and approved by God to demolish the lies and strongholds that keep people away from living abundant lives. Join me for the next hour as I am your host this Tuesday morning on Bible Beacon Broadcast. Who came up with the idea to do an 8 a.m. 
morning show. Now I feel bad for those of you who are on the West Coast uh, tuning in and listening because I know it's much earlier for you. The exciting thing is that you can listen to this show anywhere in the world. You can be enjoying coffee right now, coffee and tea at home. You could be getting ready for your day or on your way to work. Hey, some of you, maybe it's possible that you could tune in at work. I want to say this at the foremost of the show. Thank you for tuning in and giving me some of your time this morning. Uh, Join me with a a moment of prayer that we can exalt God and give our praises and prayers to him. This morning I spent some time reading and I send our focus of prayer on this verse here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all that we have in and through your Son, Lord. We give you all the glory. We thank you for salvation, Lord. We thank you for the new covenant. We thank you for the glories that have been revealed, Lord, that we can have open-face prayer to you, Lord, that we can see you face-to-face and we can glorify your name, Lord. Thank you for all that you are accomplishing in this world, all that you are accomplishing through the reforms of full preterism, covenant creation, and challenging us to search the scriptures and to study to show ourselves approved, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that helps us understand these things, that we know that it is not of us that we might boast, Lord God. Lord, we pray this morning that your spirit is here. We thank you for your presence, Lord God, and we give you all the glory, and we pray that this show is led by your spirit, your word, and for your glory alone. Alone, and in through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I made the joke about it being 8 in the morning, and I want to, uh, want to clarify that I don't know about you, but I am hardly a human before my second and third cup of coffee, and I'm only working on the first one at the moment. So what I'm seeking to do with these morning broadcasts is obviously start your day off with, with a healthy infusion of truth. As well as enjoy lighthearted conversation, we're supposed to be friends and family here in, as the people of God. And I think it's important that we begin to uh, work together and advertise things, if you want to use that phrase, or uh, you know, evangelize or and make things known for outreach. And uh, really talk about some of the things that are going on within full preterism or covenant creation or even just Christianity in general. And, you know, that's going to be my goal. I want to share some of the things I see going on within preterism or covenant creation or any type of, you know, again, just Christianity. I think uh, this week at church, one of the deacons had said, he said, I'm just a Bible-believing Christian. I'm just seeking to be a consistent Christian. And I know within preterism, we have a name for everything. You know, they have the um, consistent preterists, you know, the the fully realized Baptist preterist. You know, I've seen uh, somebody on Facebook posting all these distinctions and differences the other day, and I know many of us get bent out of shape about the different distinctions and differences within the preterist camp. However, let this be the encouragement this morning, and you know, when you're dealing with me, that's hopefully what you're going to get is a lot of encouragement. And the encouragement is, is that the church for 2,000 years has had variety of differences. So what we need to be doing is, is not so much focusing on, oh, well, we have to get all our eggs in a basket, because that's almost impossible. I believe Joe Perot shared a uh, cartoon about that with Herman and Nudix the other day, uh, how you know that we don't even do that anymore. And and again, you know, maybe that's a good idea because I don't think the church has ever really had their eggs in a basket, so to speak. So instead, what I think we need to be doing is working with all the differences and trying to figure out, you know, maybe the group of believers that we're gathering with and where we we, we see our strong points. You know, that's where we see denominations in America. What they do is they they have their strong point. You know, some Pentecostals, they're better at uh, maybe, um, well, obviously being more eccentric and and looking much more thrilling than, let's say, a traditional service. However, 
And there's a lot that can be learned from the, um, a lot of the Pentecostals because I would admit that I see a lot more application there, whereas in a lot of the Reformed doctrines or Baptist congreg congregations, you see more of a biblical purity or focused on doctrine, whereas in the Pentecostal movement, it's all about application and living life in the Spirit. Well, those two sides can learn from each other, and surely in preterism and in covenant eschatology, we could do the same thing. We could be learning from each other and the differences. You know, uh, I'll put mine out there. You know, I... Uh, I adhere loosely to covenant creation. You know, I, I again, I, I think we harp on these terms, and I don't even know if everybody within the covenant creation perspective agrees on what we're saying. So, you know, uh, that's why I'll say I adhere loosely to the doctrine of man. Um, I'm a presuppositional Calvinist. I uh, believe in TULIP as a, a basic format of the gospel, and uh, we'll be explaining that coming soon here in uh, December and January at the Blue Point Bible Church. You can listen to our podcast by visiting our website or going to buzzsprout.com backslash 11630. So I have a, you know, I, I have a presuppositional Calvinist perspective. I have, um, I'm a full preterist. I'm a covenant eschatology. I adhere to the, what we might call the Dr. Don Preston brand of uh, preterism, which would be covenant eschatology. I see things in a corporate lens. And I think Tim Martin does a great job bringing that out in a lot of his messages, as well as the blessing of uh, many of you on Facebook. So, you know, I think that with my differences, I know there's people that differ from me. You know, I believe in um, baptism being a part of the necessity of salvation. Yes, I said it. Um, I believe in the deity of Christ. I believe, you know, these are things that I would put right at the forefront of conversation about my faith. And I think that if we start doing that, we start being honest. Um, we could build amazing congregations and fellowships that will bring these things forward within Christianity. So that's going to be my goal on this show. You know, I want maybe we're going to talk about the things, not so much the things that are going on in preterism. What about the things that are not going on in preterism that should? You know, that's something that's close to my heart. As I want to see things move forward, I'm going to kind of bring you in on some of that this morning as I share some of the details. I'm also looking to bring on guests. You want to be a guest on my show? You have a topic you want me to cover? Please remember it's a morning show. Um, you know, send me an email at christianitygonewild.yahoo.com, and I'd be glad to uh, look into that topic, and if it's something that I feel will be appropriate for the morning, and if you want to be a guest or you have a friend that wants to come on the show, again, it could be about anything and everything in the world. You know, we need to be the healing of the nations according to Revelation 22. That means that we need to be dealing with every topic we can. I think uh, Gabe Lyons has a great book called The Next Christians, and he talks about this, and he breaks it down into, you know, the different camps of Christian. Um, for example, you have the... Uh, you have this, the seclusionists or, you know, the um, separatists who want to separate from the world and create a big distinction, you know, that we are Christians. We don't look like the world. Then you have the blenders who kind of blend in with the world, and you can't really tell a difference between them and, and you know, the wicked, so to speak, or those that are outside the Christian faith. And then you have the restorers who are seeking to touch on everything in this world and restore the broken walls, so to speak, that we see in uh, Lamentations, Ezra, Nehemiah, and so forth. I think there's power in that. Catch that for a moment. There's power in restoring the walls this morning. That's that's what I want us to do. I want us to restore the walls. Can can we agree on that? <laughs> can we agree? Actually, you know what's sad? Within the, within many camps in Christianity, we can't even agree on healing the nations. We can't agree on what our job, our role in the world is this morning. And I'm going to tell you where I come from on that. I turn to the book of Ephesians, and I look at the book of Ephesians as an amazing manual for how we should be doing church, and how we should be living out the Christian message. And here in Ephesians chapter 3, 
we get this long discourse of how the Apostle Paul is declaring the mystery to the Gentiles. And you know, he, he talks about how this was not made known in other generations and that it had not been made known to the Gentiles in times before. However, God, through his grace, the unfathomable riches of Christ, was making this known to the Gentiles. And he says... To me, the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ, and to bring to light what is the administration of the mystery, which for ages has been hidden in God who created all things, so that the manifold wisdom of God might be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord. That was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. So, you see, that's... That's my heart. My heart is to make known the manifold wisdom of God, and I believe we do this in many ways. We don't only do this by doctrinal purity. We also do this by application, and it's something I've been carrying, you know, the congregation that I pastor. We've been going through this, and what proper application and proper appreciation for the riches that we have in Christ are. You know, what does it mean to be um, privileged and responsible for the power of prayer? What does it mean to be privileged and responsible as the people who walk as children of light? What does it mean to be God's expression in this world, to make known the manifold wisdom of God? These are questions that we need to be asking. That's my heart. That's what you're going to get here on Bible Beacon broadcast on Tuesday mornings. That's what we're going for. Okay, so I again, I thank you for taking time to join in. So uh, if you want to be a guest, again, let me know. This will not be an in-depth show. This will, uh, granted, we will deal with doctrine. Anybody that knows me knows I love to deal with things like that. We will be dealing with things that some people might consider the meat of the word. However... I want to focus on what our heart should be and what our expression in the world should be as Christians, as those who follow the legacy of the, the willing, who left Jerusalem because they saw the, the, the signs of prophecy. They understood what was going on, and they said, let's get out of the city lest we be destroyed. And they fled to the mountains of Pella. We, the preterists, understand this, and we see how important that is in light of fulfilled prophecy. So we are the the uh, descendants of the people who were not only knowledgeable about fulfilled prophecy, but also knew what to do in spite of it, or you know, knew what to do through the outworking of fulfilled Bible prophecy. So shouldn't we be doing that today in the 21st century? Shouldn't we be a people who are so focused on understanding what God has said and what God is doing that we're expressing that to the world around us? I believe that should be the heart of a Christian. Maybe we should. I feel like I should just pray all over again at that point. <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, it, this is not going to be an in-depth show in the morning, and uh, I don't want to labor on that point too much more. You know, I leave that to much wiser men. I know Derek Lambert, man, he has such passion and such insight as he seeks to study the Word of God, and I, I have to commend him for what he's doing here at this broadcast. You know, I wouldn't even be on here if it wasn't for his work. And, you know, bringing on men, you know, you've seen the End, End the Ignorance broadcast the other night with Joseph Michael Vincent. Then you have... Uh, I know he's been doing a lot of work with so many people, Jeff Vaughn, Luther, and uh, it's slipping me. I guess the coffee's not kicking in yet. So, uh, you know, again, I commend Derek. I commend all you guys that are getting on these broadcasts and been doing some great shows. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to listen to as many as I would like. However, uh, you know, I, I leave a lot of the deeper things to uh, to you guys. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I focus on, you know, again, understanding what God is doing, what God has done, and how we can express that to the world around us. So, again, I want to let you know uh, if you're tuned in that the phone lines are open. Do not call me and ask me some in-depth questions, you know, because uh, for goodness sake, it's 8 in the morning. <laughs> so, 
you know, please, it's funny because I think at my church we have a healthy dose of asking questions. You know, we're a critical thinking congregation. And uh, I always joke and I say, you know, it's stump the pastor. My congregation wants to stump the pastor. I have a couple people in mind. They know who they are that uh, the minute I show up in the morning, I got they have questions, you know, and it's it's amazing. And it's I might joke about it. And, I, you know, at the same time, that is such a glorious thing that we are raising up a generation. We are raising up people that are asking questions about the truth of God and desire to know God face to face. That's such a beautiful thing. <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the phone lines are open. The number to call in is 646-564-9610. Again, 646-564-9610. You can actually go to our uh, website. I believe it's www.blogtalk.com slash temple talk, and it'll give you the number up there to call if you wanted to call in, ask some questions, or maybe you have a topic you want me to bring up or touch on. I might either answer your question on the show or I'd be willing to say uh, that's something I need to do some further research on and get back to you at a later moment. So today's broadcast is going to be very basic. All I'm seeking to do is give you an intro of what I am looking to accomplish with future broadcasts. Last night I shared a picture on social media, and it was a picture of a, a, a woman slitting her eye. And it made a very powerful statement in that picture, however. And it said, sometimes opening your eyes may be the most painful thing you ever have to do. And I shared, and I said, it rings so true, doesn't it, in many aspects of life. And I said that, that I would seek to do, that's what I seek to do here on this broadcast, is open your eyes to the truth. I know the, the, the challenge of a paradigm shift. I know what it means to go from being so self-centered, being so confused about the things of this world, so all of a sudden having bright light shine into my eyes like you might see the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. So, you know, getting that light to shine in my eyes to wake me up and get me to turn back to the path of which I was supposed to be going. I know the power of that. I desire for others to know that. I desire others to know that healing, to get your questions answered. Because, again, when we go from you know, having our eyes closed to getting our eyes open to truth, granted it hurts at first. Even the Apostle Paul, he had you know, some time he had to spend away until Ananias would come and you know, help him and heal him and so forth. So... You know, you need some time away after that. And I, I could tell you when I even came to, like, for example, the truth of Christianity, the truth of preterism, struggling through the truth of covenant creation. I, uh, you know, I, can, I understand the struggle. I understand the pain that we have to open our eyes or even personal things in our own lives. You know, um, whether it's opening our, our eyes to the situations in our life that are maybe, maybe destructive or maybe uh, sin or maybe leading us down the wrong path. You know, it's painful to open our eyes to it and then have to realize, oh, I got to change things. So while I understand that, I'm not the person to take it too easy on you for that because I see the power in my journey, you know, and, and all that I have come to learn. And I, you know, I read the testimonies and I read the struggles of so many people that have uh, really gone through this this paradigm shift of uh, struggling to go from falsehood to truth or the lies of the world to truth. And uh, I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate those of you that send your emails, um, send your Facebook messages, post your stuff on Facebook. Again, please continue. My email is ChristianityGoneWild at Yahoo.com. So I love truth. You should love truth. The church is called to make known the manifold wisdom of God, the truth of God, the light of God. Jesus says that his disciples will walk in truth. The truth will set them free. I'll tell you, I'm amazed. I think we should continually be praising God for his revealed truth, that we have scriptures, that we can read and understand God's revealed truth. 
you know, I, I throw this out to you. Maybe this will generate some conversation in the networking world. Is uh, how has your journey with truth been? You know, send me an email this week. Let me know. Post on my Facebook and uh, tell me about your journey with truth. You know, I, I could tell you a quick little bit about mine. Um, I'll share a little bit more at the end. However, when I came to the faith, you know, I came to the faith through understanding. Uh, well, really, it was at a point in my life where I just was looking around and it was almost like I couldn't see clearly. You know, I was in prison, I was in prison for a gang-related crime, um, sitting there and just confused about life. You know, is this what the rest of my life was going to be? And I was in there for three years, although I was telling my mother I might never come home because they kept putting me in maximum security prisons where I knew I was going to get into, uh, you know, prison fights and issues and so forth. And, you know, found myself in a lot of trouble in a lot of institutions. So I really had no idea where I was going. And then I decided to start reading and occupy my time that the, the friends I was making in the prison system just didn't seem to be enhancing my life. So I uh, started reading and it Eventually, I was led to uh, Islam, and you know, studying Islam, being fascinated with the Arab culture, the passion, the conviction of a lot of the men that uh, I considered my brothers or my soon-to-be brothers as I was set to take the Shahada um, in time. I've shared that on some videos on YouTube and so forth. However, uh, studying the Quran and um, seeing the historicity of, of Islam and seeing the failure of it um, really challenged me to uh, move over and, and study other things. I decided the next thing I would do is probably create my own religion. However, uh, that wasn't really working, and I'm not as smart as I thought. So, uh, you know, I, I stumbled upon a, the Bible and a brother in the faith that really encouraged me to look into it, take it a little more serious. And uh, ultimately, I was led into, you know, an end times kind of a cult. Um, but I was passionate about the Word of God. I was passionate about preaching the gospel. And I do believe I was saved. You know, that answers the question of, uh, do we believe futurists are saved? Absolutely. Um, I believe there's people within every denomination, church, um, you know, Christian view um, that put Jesus as Lord. That I believe there's people in every view that put Jesus as Lord that are saved. Um, the details, you know, need to be worked out. And I believe that they are worked out through a believer's life as they seek to show doctrinal purity, show themselves approved, and walk worthy of God. Um so, you know, again, I came into this, and that was really a hard struggle for me because I remember sitting in myself thinking about the resurrection of Jesus and thinking about how, if I was to believe this, how much it would so radically change my life that I was, you know, this wasn't going to be a religious change. This was going to be a conviction. This was going to be a real, genuine change. And I thank God for pulling me and drawing me by his grace to his truth. And uh, there's my Calvinist presupposition for you. So, again, you know, I understand this truth, and. I think there's so much more to be uncovered as what we're doing. We're studying in preterism. We're studying covenant creation, studying the resurrection of the dead, the end times, the coming of the Lord, all these exciting things. And we need to be willing to demolish the strongholds and bring all thoughts captive to Christ, captive to the truth. And uh, you know, and I, I believe we're doing that. I, I praise God, and I thank many of you who are the willing that are paving the road forward. You know, I think of so many ministries. I'll get to naming them in a little while, and. Uh, you know, all the exciting things that are happening on within these ministries. And also, I'm going to issue a challenge and where I believe that we could all start working together and challenging other people within, uh, you know, the preterist world, the covenant creation world, the Christian world to uh, see truth and, and really seek a, uh, a doctrinal purity in that regard. Speaking of such, have you noticed that the debate I have with Bruce Bennett is now above 6,000 views on YouTube? That's something we have to praise God for. Glory to God that things are happening that way. So, for the moment, I'm going to go into a quick song, and I will uh, be back in a moment and infusing truth on your Tuesday morning. 
can't stop, won't stop. Where the brakes at? I give them that ditty bop. Like, take that, take that, take that, take that. I'ma put in work. I'ma do that ASAP. Throw my faith in rap. But if they don't say that, huh? What I'ma turn down for? I feel like Shaq and Nafo. Breaking glass in that backboard. I like Kobe and Toronto, huh? Dropping 81. Yo, I dropped the 88. Ricky Bobby, shake and bake. Sleeping on it, should have stayed awake, huh? Everybody make mistakes like VJs. Trying to say my name is Minio. Say it with me. Minio. Okay, great. Two bucks high. Great stakes. Risk it all. I take the hate. This the winning team. Get the Gatorade. My guy good, but he's not safe. No. They try to shut us down and it ain't gonna slap Only thing I'm in is God and he on my side That the confidence of God, yeah, we got me That's why I really feel like you got
couple years ago, I was working within an Assemblies of God congregation as an intern, and um, I had eventually started looking into the truth of uh, full preterism thanks to Alan Bondar and uh, his book, Reading the Bible Through New Covenant Eyes, and actually personally fellowshipping with him down there in Fort Myers at New Covenant Eyes Church. I believe they're changing their name to Lift Church. Haven't had the opportunity to talk with Alan. Um, would love to. I know he's going to be speaking at the Berean Bible Conference this year in April. Um, if you have not heard of that or don't know what that is, visit BereanBibleChurch.org, B-E-R-E-A-N BibleChurch.org, and uh, learn about their spring conference and all that they have happening there. Some great speakers, David Boone, Alan Bondar, um, Dave Curtis, and um, many others. So, you know, I have to say, um, I was working within the Assemblies of God, and they... Um, I came into full preterism, and they began to tell me that I wasn't, you know, I shouldn't have been looking in some of the things I was doing. I was getting totally taken over by doctrines of demons, blah, 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 blah. And uh, the pastor calls me in his office, and he tells me, well, Mike, I have to say you're losing your voice. And this was the reason why, you know, my, my ministry was being questioned. It wasn't that I was becoming a full preterist or examining the Bible. It was that my, I, was, I was losing my voice, that due to my uh, challenging certain doctrines and so forth, that people were no longer listening to me. Therefore, I would be ineffective as a minister of God. And this was almost like a discouragement. It kind of knocked me down. And at this time, I was doing the video series you could find on YouTube, Can't Fix Stupid. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm wrong there. No, it was um, I was doing Consider Yesterday. That was the first video um, series I had done on YouTube. And I, I did it to challenge my uh, church that was going through a series called After Tomorrow. And they were talking about the end times. I said, you know, what about Considering Yesterday and pointing back to AD 70? So the pastor told me I was losing my voice. And, you know, that was his way of stopping me and discouraging me. They, they ended up uh, hereticizing me and, you know, calling me a heretic, you know, labeling me all kinds of things, telling people in my church not to fellowship with me anymore. And, uh, you know, all those type of things. And, here I sit in 2014, and let me let me just tell you some of the things that have happened in my life since then, how exciting this has been. So I began challenging, you know, myself in regards to fulfilled Bible prophecy. And I'll tell you, when I when I heard from Alan that he believed Jesus came back already, you know, I was like, what in the world? And I began devouring everything I can. I looked up, you know, what, what everybody does when we hear about full preterism. We look up all the stuff we that disagrees with it. Amen. You know, you look up Kenneth Gentry, Gary Demar. You know, uh, you read all these guys, and uh, you know, a lot of the dispensationalists stuff and you know you make sure that oh okay good so full preterism is error it's wrong right that's that's what we see all our friends do so i i did all that and i came back to alan and i said you know i think i got you man this is there's one scripture that really just goes against your view and obviously you all know it the hymenaean heresy you know that uh philitus and hymenaeus were telling people that there was a resurrection of the dead that had already occurred and these men were heretics and you know paul's exhorting timothy to stay away from them and tell the church to stay away from them so of course you full preterists must be heretics you're clearly in error because you're saying that the resurrection of the dead has not occurred and i remember listening to um brian shortley's shortley's um podcast and going through that and uh, really just challenging myself and I became a full preterist. You know, I could remember back to a Wanda Short from Alan Bondar's church, really encouraging my walk. And then I began to challenge everything I could. I read through the Bible, you know, within the past three or four years now, or maybe a little longer than that, probably read through the Bible about six, seven times, all the way through, just enjoying the journey. And actually, currently at the moment, back at Genesis 1 through 3, um, enjoying my journey through the Bible. 
and uh, just falling in love with the scriptures. You know, here at Blue Point Bible Church in February of 2015, we have a, a series coming out called First Love, and it's going to be a challenge to go back to the scriptures and fall in love with the revealed truth of God, rather over what we've created or the doctrines or the, you know all this junk that we've created, just following the narrative flow of God's story from the beginning in the ancient Near East all the way up till the fulfilled revelation in AD 70. So that's something that's going to be happening in February 2015. So all of this learning, you know, challenging the doctrines of hell, then ended up getting invited to speak at different conferences and debates, debated Sam Frost, debated Pastor Bruce Bennett, you know, uh, debated Bishop Erskine Williams um, on the topic of hell and annihilation. Um, you know, sat at a round table about the end times with premillennial dispensationalists, classical dispensationalists, um, other covenant cre- um, I'm sorry, other other uh, covenant eschatology um, believers, and you know, got this amazing offer to pastor this great congregation at Blue Point Bible Church on Long Island. Moved from Florida to New York. All this stuff has been happening in my life. Just journeying, learning more about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, an amazing example. I'm going to tell you something about that in a moment. Just just really learning, living and learning. And enjoying the journey and leading people to the truth of full preterism. I get about an email, about three emails a week from people that are, you know, either seeing the truth of full preterism or encouraged to grow in the truth of full preterism um, through my ministry. Um, you know, it's it's just amazing. And those are people outside my church, by the way. So, uh, you know, it's just been an amazing journey to see how God has really been moving in my life. And I, I owe it all to a lot of the ministries that are out there in full preterism. You know, Derek Lambert again been an amazing passion. Um, you know, an encouragement in my life. And uh, since he's even, you know, back last year when I was doing radio shows with him, um, you know, just again, his passion is amazing. And the fact that he wants to talk on the phone with you, he wants to question everything. Every time he calls me, he has something amazing to tell me from the Bible. You know, Derek, thank you, man. If I haven't said it, thank you for all that you will do, man. That's amazing. Jeff Vaughn, you know, another guy, always on Facebook, always has something to say. This man's busy. <laughs> you know, he has a family, has a job, yet he's on Facebook answering people's questions, always answering mine. You know, being on these Bible broadcasts and you know, obviously his amazing work with Tim Martin, Beyond Creation Science, and I know they're doing, they're working on doing some amazing things within the covenant creation area. Even lately, we've seen a lot of great questions being answered, a lot of friends being deleted, and uh, you had to add that in. You know, just a lot of exciting stuff. And uh, so I really do. I thank Jeff Vaughn, um, Tim Martin, you know, Don Preston. Obviously, you know, we see his morning musings. We see uh, all he's doing through uh, Preterist Reformation Institute, the conference, Preterist, Preterist Pilgrim Weekend that he uh, does every year. Um, you know, just an amazing work. And, I, you know, if you haven't familiarized yourself with Don Preston's Morning Musings right now, you should probably just click pause, listen to my podcast later, and go over to YouTube and listen to some of his stuff on uh, the Morning Musings. Just put Don Preston Morning Musings, and you'll come up with some ma- amazing videos and good clarity. And be sure to buy some of the books that he lets you know in the video. So, uh, you know, you got Don Preston, you got Ed Stevens. A lot of these guys are the, the, the groundbreakers of the truth of full preterism. Ed Stevens and a lot of his podcasts that I get in my email, you know, you could sign up and go listen to his stuff. I know he's on Buzzsprout just like my podcast. However, I forget off the top of my head his link. But uh, you could Google Ed Stevens and full preterism and find out a lot of the great stuff. You know, you got Preterist Cosmos, a lot of those guys, Mike Green, Dave Green, even Mike Bennett. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you got a lot of great ministries. You got Dave Curtis, Berean Bible Church. You have Alan Bondar and New Covenant Eyes Church, uh, Joe Daniels, and you know all that he's seeking to do with his articles, The Deity of Christ at TFC Magazine. Alan Morton, who's just done so much within full preterism from you know years back when we were doing the Harry Ticks Variety Show. I remember Alan Morton creating a, you know websites that we could go to get educated about the truth of full preterism. He created a school that uh, you know was running for a while, which I hope eventually we will revamp. Um, 
you know, he created this amazing work. Now you can go to tfcmag.org and, um, you, you know, you could read all these articles. I'm a writer on there. Joe Daniels is a writer on there. Terry, um, Terry Kroper is on there. Uh, Don Preston. I mean, there's just a Brian Whitmarsh. You got all these amazing writers that you could just go there and access all these resources. And uh, Norman Neal, you know, his great ideas in ministry and um, some of the things he's bringing out with uh, – Take a Closer Look Ministries, um, me, you know, a couple guys are working together with him. We're looking to get a lot of things set up and um, really just pushing forward. You know, again, the, the question is, is why is preterism growing and what must we be doing about it? You know, th that's, that's an important question. You know, not to mention, uh, I don't want to fail to mention Tony Denton and his book, you know, about the book of Hebrews, his commentary on Hebrews and a lot of his articles on the Internet and even his ministry where he's seeking to um, connect preterist that's an amazing thing and i'm actually going to be detailing that in a moment um you know that's what we need to be doing i know uh, alan morton's even worked on some ideas in that regard so this is what we need to be focused on again we could have all the arguments on facebook we could delete each other all day on facebook however we really need to be focused on the spreading of truth in our world the healing of the nations the dispelling of the confusion that is wreaking havoc upon Christian minds, upon people that are desiring to see the truth of God in all of its purity, and people that are being ostracized because they're beginning to see the truth. What are we going to do about that? So I thank all you men. If I've mentioned your name, if I failed to mention your name, I apologize, and I most likely appreciate your work. So uh, you know, I thank you all, to all the ministries. However, I think we need to carry it a little more forward, and I'm, I'm going to get into that now. I'm going to get into the meat of what I wanted to talk about on this broadcast for the next 20 minutes that I have with you, is uh, – when we begin to understand our doctrine, we begin to get so, you know, oh man, we, we know the truth. We're demolishing the strongholds with the truth. There becomes a tendency to lean more toward what we would call a doctrinal position, meaning that we, uh, we become so infused and, you know, so focused on what we know and, or what we don't know. And we're constantly seeking new information. And, and you know, we get so much into this. And I, I'll share a sad story with you that happened to me the other night. So the other night I was at a debate. I was at the James White and Shadid Lewis debate, uh, Islam versus Christianity. Um, is Jesus God? And um, you can watch the debate. You go to New Hyde Park Baptist Church on YouTube, watch the debate for yourself. Um, I personally think that any Christian should shudder when they hear a man say repeatedly from a Christian pulpit that Jesus is not God. Um, that you know, That's an issue to me. Um, I would not welcome that in a pulpit, as I mentioned to somebody recently on Facebook. I would not... Uh, I would not welcome that into a Christian conversation with Muslims. I don't believe that's where Christians need to be arguing with Muslims. The, the, where the way that we are going to show the lies and the falsity of the Islamic religion is by showing that it does not line up historically. The manuscripts of the Quran contradict the manuscripts of inspired scripture. And we can prove now – what Muhammad didn't anticipate was that we can now prove that there were biblical writings – You know, we have some of the biblical writings that were around during the time of – Muhammad back in uh, you know the 7th century. So we can now prove that when Muhammad was telling his writers to read the Injil that you know in the Torah, the Old Testament and the New Testament, we can now prove that he was telling them to read the writings that we have reliably preserved for us today. There is no other writings, things weren't changed. Actually, if you study Islam it goes against the con concept of tahrib, which means that there can be no misinterpretation or misapplication of I'm sorry, there can be no misapplication or no um no mistrans transmission you know that the transmission of of scripture of inspired scripture cannot be in error islam does not believe that's okay that god would not do that to his inspired word therefore they run they contradict themselves and they run smack into an issue 
And I believe that's the area that we need to be tackling the lies of Islam, not arguing with them about whether or not Jesus is God. They don't know Jesus. Of course they don't believe he's God. And, you know, this is, that's not in a debate that I think should be coming from a Christian pulpit in a Christian conversation. Um, come debate the end times. Why would James White be willing to debate Shadid Lewis and not Don Preston? That's an email I urge everybody to send to him. Let's, you know, why are these men willing to put lies and things that we know are just nonsense in front of the people of God and not be willing to debate the things that the people of God are debating amongst themselves? So if you don't see my passion on that. Anyway, so I'm at this debate, and, and this young man, I'm talking to this young man about concordances and what Bible translation, you know, I believe is more uh, correct in understanding the Word of God. I personally read NASB. I believe every English translation, even going down to the Message Bible, can be uh, used for teaching of the gospel. However, I wouldn't encourage using those to uh, teach doctrine or some of the deeper truths of Scripture. Um, if you want to get really, you want to harp on that, then obviously I'm going to tell you that you have to begin to learn Biblical Hebrew and Greek and uh be able to divide the scriptures and know the historical context of where these scriptures come from. You know, if you want to get really down to the, the meat of it. However, I do believe that any English translation can uh, preach the gospel and teach the gospel to a, a believer. So I'm at this this debate and uh, this man we're talking, and then he I, I saw he flipped by uh, the Bonhoeffer book by Eric Metatexas and uh, Metatax. I'm sorry, and uh, I um. I asked myself, oh, would you read that Bonhoeffer book? And he said, oh, no, I wouldn't read liberal theologians. You know, he, he was a student of, what's that guy's name? I said, Karl Barth. And he said, yeah, he said, yeah, I wouldn't read that. Those guys, you know, they, they watered down the word of God and, and so forth. And here I am talking to a Reformed Baptist. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. So Bonhoeffer, I mean, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I understand liberal theology. I understand where they went with that. But you're going to tell me that you, you wouldn't listen to a man that witnessed with his life, his, poured out his life unto death, for the glory of Jesus Christ in the midst of the Nazi uh, time. You're going to tell me you will not read a book about him and his witness and his truth and his challenge to Christianity in his generation? You, you won't read that because he, he was a liberal theologian? That's like me saying I won't read your stuff because you're a Reformed Baptist. That's ridiculous. We're missing out on opportunities of application, and I think that's the problem. I think so often we're, we're caught up in these doctrinal arguments and these debates when we're not paying attention to the application of what we believe. I'm going to say it. If you believe something and you're not putting it into practice and it's not showing through your life, it's worthless. We must begin to understand what this means, even going far as, you know, I know a lot of uh, the people listening might be some of the group of the covenant creation perspective. You know, when we're talking about that, we begin to understand what it means for God to shine light into this world, to create covenant with man. If you're not showing that in and through your life, that you understand what it means for God to create a covenant with you, then it's worthless that you can explain it. It's pointless. If we don't have application for what we believe, then this whole thing is ridiculous. So... That's me. That's my heart. I want us to begin to focus on application. I believe that is what we need to carry in full preterism. And this year we're going to be uh, hosting again our second annual Power of Preterism conference here at the Blue Point Bible Church. Last year we had Don Preston. I debated Pastor Bruce Bennett. And this year's focus is going to be why preterism is growing and what we must do about it. I believe that my heart is devoted to the expansion of biblical Christianity, the expansion of Preterism, the expansion of challenging things in regards to Genesis. Um, you know, I, I believe that that's what we need to be doing. So, I believe that we need to be challenging ourselves not in only why it's growing. You know, why are the powerful truths of full preterism changing everything? You know, why are they changing the way we're approaching the Bible? Why are they changing the world? What are they changing in the world? And then, how are we setting up systems and how are we grouping together as the body of Christ to be more diligent, to be more responsible? 
to show our appreciation for the fact of what God has accomplished in and through his people. What are we doing? You know, I get email after email about church planting. You see so many distraught brothers and sisters that have become full preterists that have no congregations to fellowship with. You have, you know, they're seeking out resources. We have millions of books. We have radio shows. We have YouTube videos. We have articles. But do we have people that are willing to put flesh on and actually go out into the world and be the expression of God in this world? That's what we need to be focused on. We need to figure out how full preterism, how covenant creation, how all these different doctrines affect our application of truth. That's what we're going to be talking about this year at the Power of Preterism Conference. So if you have some ideas, let me know. You know, Send your, uh, your emails to me, um, ChristianityGoneWild at Yahoo.com. I'm still looking for speakers. If you want to be a speaker this year, our conference is set for March 20th through 22nd, 2015. just want to let you know that's a special announcement. That has not been made known except for right here on this broadcast. March 20th through 22nd, 2015, the Power of Preterism Conference, Blue Point Bible Church, Blue Point, New York. And last year we had a great uh, attendance. We had people come from all over the place. And uh, this year we're looking to do the same thing and also looking to host a uh, full gospel conversation and basically Basically, going through the full story of Scripture, the full counsel of God, and uh, seeing the difference between a preterist and a futurist perspective. And um, I'm looking; I'm still looking for who's going to do this with me, and I'll be one of the people sitting on that panel. And um, I'll actually, just be me and a, a futurist. And we're going to go through the story. We're going to—it's not going to be a debate; it's going to be a conversation, a structured conversation. And we're going to allow for questions and answers, and we're going to see where the confusion might be coming in in regards to futurism and preterism, and how. We're telling the story of God. I think that's important because the Apostle Paul says, I have not you know, uh, uh, inhibited myself from preaching to you the full counsel of God. And I believe that I want to be able to say that. I want that privilege of being able to say that I have not um, you know, withdrawn from the task of making known the full counsel of God. And I, I think that that will lead to a lot more uh, clarity in regards to the truths that we're espousing, how this covenant creation perspective might shed light on Genesis, and how that carries through to the full preterist view of Revelation. So, again, that's something we're going to be doing. If you're looking to be a speaker, contact me, get in touch with me. I would love to have uh, talk to you about it. Also, one of the things we're looking to do this year is uh, launch the officially launch the Power of Preterism Network. Well, the website will be set up soon. Um, right now, it's just kind of uh, technical difficulties, monetary difficulties, and uh, just seeking to get everything all, you know, as I said in the beginning of the show, you know, people don't do it all the time, but in some regard, getting all your eggs in a basket could be a good thing. And in this regard, I, I think this is that's something that's edifying is getting together a good idea to launch to everybody that way we could start fellowships we could start churches we can encourage and exhort one another we could be ordaining other ministers and commissioning people to carry forth the truth of full preterism and i know many people within full preterism shy away from the the quote-unquote religious mindset or the churchgoer mentality i want to dispel that that's my goal on my show is to show you that we need to be doing that we need to be grouping together we need to be not forsaking the assembly i understand the context of hebrews 10 trust me i do however we, we there's a point there's something god was creating to continue he wasn't creating it to end it he was creating it to continue it to bring his blessing into the world and that's what I'm looking to do through the Power of Preterism Network. Um, you know, we are accepting donations if you want to help further that work um, or be a supporter of that. What you can do is make out checks to uh, Blue Point Bible Church and then put in the bottom, you know, that little subject line and just put Power of Preterism Network. And you could send it to 5 Maple uh, Blue Point Bible Church, 5 Maple Street, New York. Um, Try again. Blue Point Bible Church, 5 Maple Street, Blue Point, New York, 11715. And you could send your uh, donations or anything of that matter. At the end of it, what you're going to hear on the 
power on this uh, this broadcast here from Bible Beacon Broadcast. And what you're going to hear from me, Pastor Mike Miano, is uh, carrying the faithful work of preterism forward. You know, the, we have so many people, you know, the, all the people I mentioned before that have been so faithful in regard to setting up ministries and accomplishing work that's furthering the efforts of the truth of full preterism. But we need to be doing more. We need a more of a missional focus. When I first became a preterist, and I was talking with a friend about this the other night, when I first became a preterist, my initial concern was, why don't people know this? Why isn't this being spread at a rapid rate? I remember asking Alan Bondar, and he kind of just shook his head and, you know, not sure. And I remember emailing uh, Don Preston. I emailed um, Brian McLaren, who's, you know, an emergent church, kind of looks at some of the under, – seems to understand some of fulfilled theology, um, fulfilled eschatology. And I, um, I contacted him, and I kind of expressed a lot of my uh, – you know, I guess you could say my pains in regards to a missional effort coming from – people who understand full preterism. And uh, I'm glad to say that I've walked worthy. I know uh, Don Preston admitted to me that he was challenged by that. And, um, you know, I really think that's my heart. That's that's what I want to do. I wrote up a whole document. I had emailed it to Don Preston on the missionality, the, um, missionality of the church and what we must be doing with the, the strengths and weaknesses. I used a SWOT analysis. I was in business school. So I was using a lot of the, the things I got from business school to really examine how we should be being more out, how the outworking of full preterism should be uh, showing in our world. So uh, that's going to be my heart on this show. That's going to be my heart probably for the rest of my life. That's my calling. Um, I want to encourage you, you know, those of you that send me emails and let me know about the things you're struggling with in regards to the faith or in fellowships, um, wanting to start churches. This, I want to be your go-to guy. I want to help you out. I want to get on uh, you know, Skype, and we'll start doing video conferences, and we'll start really putting together a good format for the power of preterism. Amen? Well, to end today's show, I want to uh, just say some things. I want to say thank you to those who serve as a um, you know, today is Veterans Day, so it's important that we take some time aside to uh, thank those who preserve the freedoms that we have here in America. And uh, I thank you for serving. I thank you for um, being willing to stand on the front lines to keep us safe here in America. And uh, that being said, you know, I have to admit I am a pacifist. You know, many of you that know me know that I kind of struggle between the pacifist mindset. You know, what would I do in a situation of uh, struggle and calamity? And um, I, I think it's interesting to think of uh, Martin Tours, Martin of Tours. He was, he's called the patron saint of soldiers, according to uh, Catholicism and you know the Anglicans. And uh, this is celebrated on the same day as Veterans Day. Ironically, uh, Martin of Tours was one of the church's first conscientious objectors of war. He refused to fight. He left the military and coined the phrase, "I am a soldier for Christ. I cannot fight the wars of man." That's an amazing start. He was born four years after Constantine's legendary conversion to Christianity when Christians were exchanging the cross for Jesus, cross of Jesus for the sword of the empire. In this world of holy war, Martin was born. He was named after Mars, the god of war. His dad was a veteran, in fact, a senior officer of the Roman army. And like many of our kids, Martin entered the service. Well, not my kids, but you know your kids maybe. Uh, Martin entered the service as a young teenager to fight the crusades of the empire. And then there was an interruption outside the gates of Amiens in modern-day France, Martin had a human encounter that would forever change him. He met a and he paddle to give away. He took off his military cloak and gave, cut it in half, giving half to the beggar. Then he eventually laid down his arms, saying, I am a Christian. I cannot fight. He was later taken to jail, insulted, and persecuted for deserting the army. It's important to remember that we're not here to fight the wars of man. We read in Second Corinthians chapter 10 that our, we war not against flesh and blood, that the Muslim man in the Middle East, these Muslim terrorists that are of ISIS, they are not my enemy. My enemy is the spiritual wickedness that's behind them, that's driving them to uh, persecute Christians and kill Christians. 
and to, to be agents of lies and a false religion. So that, that's, that's the real war, and we don't fight that war with swords, guns, and knives. We fight that battle with truth. We fight that battle by speaking truth into the airwaves as what we're doing right now. We speak that truth by writing articles for TFC magazine. We speak that truth from the pulpits across America, challenging Christians to walk worthy in regards to peace, joy, happiness, and all the things that come from the Holy Spirit. That's the war that we fight. We need to seek to make known the manifold wisdom of God, to dispel the darkness by shedding light and clarity of the things of God, the full counsel of God, into the areas that it's needed. Last things... World Kindness Day is Thursday, November 13th. I myself have uh, went to dosomething.org and uh, committed to doing some uh, good deeds this week for in honor of World Kindness Day. Surely we, we can't have a uh, – th- th- there's a shortage of kindness in our world, and I don't think we could ever have a, a surplus or a too much kindness in our world. So again, I challenge you this Thursday to do something kind. Buy somebody a coffee. Pay it forward. Figure something out to do something to challenge our world in regards to kindness. And I want to end with reading with you, with you through some verses here in the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 1, as I mentioned earlier, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. If you read through Ephesians chapter 1, one of the things I've done in my Bible is I've circled in him. Because it's in Christ. The deity of Christ shines forth from the truth of Ephesians chapter 1. It's in Christ that we have been chosen before the foundations of the world. It is in Christ that there was an adoption of sons according to Jesus Christ. It is in the Beloved that we have the praise of His grace. It is in Him we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of His grace. It is in Him that we have been given all wisdom and insight according to the mystery of His will. It is in Him that the administration and the fullness of times was being summed up. It is in Him that we have obtained an inheritance. It is in Him that we have heard the message of truth of our inheritance. You see, it all points to the fullness of him who fills all in all, as we read in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. And then we read about the blessings of the gospel in Ephesians chapter 2. And finally, we end up in Ephesians chapter 3, where we have the commission to make known the manifold wisdom of God. That it was the will of God that the manifold wisdom of God would be made known, would be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I thank you for tuning into this broadcast this morning, and I ask you to join me with prayer, and also continue to listen next week, Tuesdays at 8 a.m., here on Bible Beacon Broadcast. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory, Lord God, and I thank you for your spirit being here with us this morning, Lord, that we might continue to expand upon the truth that is in your revealed word, and we might be encouraged all the more to gather together as believers in the expression of your faithfulness in this world, Lord. We give you all the glory, Lord. I lift up the prayers of Blue Point Bible Church. We lift them up in one accord, Lord. We, as the people of God, lift up our prayers this morning to you, Lord, whether they've been made known or they're within the deep recesses of our hearts and minds, Lord. We lift them up to you. We pray in one accord that all things be done for your glory in and through your Son, Jesus Christ. And in Jesus' name we all say, Amen. Thank you again for tuning in. I look forward to your thoughts, praises, prayers, rebukes, Facebook invites, friend requests, emails, phone calls, and ultimately you listening next week at 8 a.m. Thank you. Go in peace. God bless. When they proposed the earth revolved around the sun and the earth wasn't flat and that Jesus had come, it was common belief that those notions were false. And to prove them true, there is always a cost. When I set out
out to prove preterism was wrong. Some beliefs were shattered and it didn't take long. I came across truths that for years I had missed. If you honestly want to know, don't forget this. If you study the culture and the history too, if you see the old as a shadow of the new, when you look at the typology of the high priest and the 40-year exodus at the very least, if you learn the figurative language that they all knew, stop letting tradition speak louder than truth. As you perceive passages in covenant light, an audience relevance takes you out of the fight. If you let the time statements speak for themselves, and remember, the Bible interprets itself. If you take out your presuppositions of when, all the scriptures you thought were obscure now make sense. Daniel was given prophecy for a time not near, and its fulfillment took 600 years. When Revelation was written, Jesus stood at the door. Can the time be at hand to millennia or more? The law wouldn't pass until all was fulfilled, and no more unblemished lambs are killed. If he hasn't returned, then we're still under law, and the strength of the sting of death is installed. The gospel was preached to the whole world at that time. They wouldn't finish going through the cities in Palestine. Jesus said John the Baptist was Elijah to come, and foretold that John would remain till it's done. When Jesus said some standing here wouldn't die, is this generation every one that goes by? And coming on clouds was a figure of speech that meant judgment, and those who had pierced him did see. Do you think that the one standing there was mistaken, for thinking he was coming in their generation? Or do you think that we're the ones who are misinformed? Let me ask, do you want to know the truth or conform? Is it not strange must adopt the mindset of the very peculiar already, but not yet?